Welcome to Return to Oswald. Uh, Brandon's not here, so Scar and I are about to go to fuck in. Um, um, that I told you, I told you coming in that see, this season is just it's going to be a lot of death and a lot of death of people that you know. It's not just going to be like random inmate that was just fucking talked about at the beginning of the episode. All of a sudden, that motherfucker gone. No. There's real, this real stakes. And have you noticed the the beginning of the season? A lot of the um, a lot of the interludes are about death or like you know something about that. Like they were trying to tell you all from the jump. Yeah, <clears throat> but I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying that. Um, if they're going to have these people die, they could at least die by real people. Die, uh, die with some sort of meaning, because as of right now, we have no meaning to this. To any of us, to any of them at all. And yeah. it's really annoying. I think that's the best way to put it. Like when there's death with no causation behind it, when it's just death for death, for death's sakes, like that, that cheapens the death. Exactly. And there were, uh, I looked at, I was looking on um, IMDb and there were two goofs in this episode that I did not notice. One, uh, when, when they were making fun of Robeson in the cafeteria, apparently Peter Shabetta is in the background somewhere. I'm going to have to go back. Because, because they filmed this, I guess they filmed this before his character was killed off. I'm gonna go so, back and look. So, so he's in the background. And when um when Glenn was talking to Dr. Nathan, Dr. Nathan at one point referred to her as Lauren. He forgot her name in the show. He called her by her real name. Really? Apparently, this happened. I did not notice either of these. Me either. Okay. I'm gonna go back and find both of these motherfuckers. Um and I'm going to take a picture of Shabetta being in the background. I'm going to find that one. That's for definite. Um, the Lauren thing. Yeah, I'll try. But that other one. Yeah, definitely. That's 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 that I get off on shit like that. So we're going in. Yep. Um. So it starts off with Dobbins playing music. And I'm like, oh, it's fucking Dobbins. Cool. Why? Um, because they've been bringing back people who died. Yeah, I know, but still, fucking diving. Told like, you, just, just theme of death. Every uh, like, like fucking Hill has talked very little. Like, and it's mm-hmm. just like he start he starts it off, and then all well, this one he did all of the talking because Dobbins didn't say anything. He just played the cello. Mm-hmm. Um, Beecher did actually come to see Keller because Lepresti was fucking wrong. Uh, Keller tells Beecher that he's glad that he's getting parole. And that he's scared that Beach will forget him. Um, and he tells Beecher, look, even if I die, don't forget about me. And uh, LaPresse tells him, hey, um, your time is up. And um, Beecher tells uh, Keller that he's going to redouble his efforts to get him out of prison. Uh, even after he gets out, no, he's no, just going to no, work no. harder to get no. him. No, he's not getting him out of prison. He's getting him off death row. Getting him off death row. Sorry, that he's going to work even harder to get him off death row. Because ain't nothing um, going to get his ass out of prison. No, not at all. You're <laughs> absolutely right. Um, and so then they kiss. 
and Lepresti tries to break them up. And Keller's like, fuck that shit, and rushes Lepresti and gets his monkey ass whooped. Yes. It's like that that served no purpose. Right. No purpose at all. So right. like, fuck the, fuck this whole scene. Like it made no sense. I well, I understand. Well, the scene up until that point was was our was all right. It it made no sense. You're absolutely right. Like that part was just don't 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 you forget about me. And then just like that, he's he's getting his ass whooped. Next thing that happens is that uh Schillinger and Mayor Lowen speak, and this is literally the best thing I saw all day long. <laughs> Mayor Lowen? Bernie. I wondered when you'd pop up. It's great to see you, sir. Is that mail for me? Oh. So you, uh, Comfortable? Got everything you need? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You gave me quite a scare when I heard you almost choked to death. When's the doctor releasing you? I get back to Unit J tomorrow. Christ. Sir? Another hate letter. Some nigger says I got off too easy. Says he's got a cousin here in Oswald that's going to air hole me. What does air hole mean? Kill. Black bastard. Don't worry, Your Honor. I'm not going to let anything happen to you. Oh, yeah. Is that right, huh? <laughs> well, from what I hear, the Aryans in Oswald are a sorry bunch. That guy who saved me from choking, Beecher, I hear You've been trying to air hole him for about six fucking years, and all you have to show for is that little scar above your eye there. I did have his son killed, and his father. What are you, an idiot? Saying shit like that out loud? You know, Vernie, I gotta tell you, I never thought you were the brightest bulb in the chandelier. You always had this huge ego with nothing to back it up. You always had these big plans with no balls behind them. Shit. It weren't for your Daddy, I wouldn't have given you the time of fucking day. You're an embarrassment to the Brotherhood. I have balls. <laughs> Speak up, boy. I can't hear you. <laughs> I have balls. <laughs> um, two things. First of all, I still can't see the video. Um, second of all, why do you say that? Why? Why? Because it's why. Why? It, it, it does. Matter. It matters to it me. Does. You know it matters to me. So why? And, and, let me tell you something. Like his, he, he it's like him getting that, his, his, it's like he's getting his ass chewed by a parent. And then your parent says, you don't have any balls. Like, Are you bulls? Like, if you don't get the fuck out of <laughs> You know I was going to make a sound. Way, you know I was going to make a sound bite out of that, that shit. That nigga also... We, I think we can confirm that he, he did kill them black kids. Oh, yes, yes, yes. We can yeah, definitely yeah. confirm that that motherfucker is with the Brotherhood, and he's racist as fuck. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it's, and the, the crazy part about it is, like, it don't take long for him to be taken off. <laughs> It'll get, it don't take him very long to get taken off, uh, taken off the table. But see, here's the crazy part, right? After this, Vern is like, Fuck him. I ain't doing nothing to protect this dude. Fuck him. 
And like, it's the fucking governor who actually takes care of this shit. That's what you think. But what, what was funny to me. No, no, no. It definitely is the governor. The governor gets this shit taken care of. Okay, cool. That's what we think. It's and, and, until it's confirmed, because they tell three people that the shit got taken care of, and none of them gave a fuck. I laughed at the point where some no, the random governor, the, dude, the governor has the best poker face. Dude, go ahead. I'm on a fucking time schedule here. Go ahead. My man. You okay? I I still love you though. Just you, you got gray in your beard. It's 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 sightly. Like like it's 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 elegant. I feel bad for yelling at you. <laughs> I really do. Because I look like an elder statesman. <laughs> no, I just feel bad about it. But anyway, um after he walks out saying I have balls, he walks back into the main hall the main medical area and some random inmate is like, Hey, how'd your meeting with the mayor went? And that nigga responded, fuck him. And the only thing I could think of was <laughs> exactly. Cause that's how he responded. That's how he responded to that shit. How'd your meeting with the mayor go? Fuck you, 100%. That's how he responded. He responded. <laughs> he responded like a parent just, just tore him a new one. Right. I hope he get hit by. A, I fucking hate him. And so after that, you tells Beecher that he knows who killed his father. Um, and Beecher's like, who? Like he doesn't fucking know already. And you says, Hey, it's Franklin. But see, here's the thing about it, though. He puts it. He puts it. He says that Franklin did it on behalf of Schillinger. No, no. Franklin did it. Franklin to, did it on his own. Franklin did it to appease Schillinger, and that's that. That it wasn't Schillinger's call. And he you know just, what's funny? The funny thing about it to me is, initially I thought he did it so then he would stop being sexually assaulted by uh, Schillinger. But in the next episode, they show that he still has no problem with uh, living a homosexual lifestyle with Keller. So exactly. it's like, then what the fuck were you doing this for? Like, were you just hoping to come up because you're still that same dude, just in a different outfit? But like, I mean, let's be honest. Like, if you if if you if you switched over and you feel in some kind of way about men at this point, because you're not getting out of here anytime soon. Yeah. Like he probably heard them stories about Keller. Yeah. Like, Keller is that nigga. To them, yeah. like, Keller is that nigga, even though he don't fuck with them like that. Like, Keller is that nigga. So Keller was like, yeah, I kind of... Keller's kinda like wonders. Dick Majesty up in that motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like... I mean, Keller almost got to, uh, got to the sister, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So, like, Keller almost got to a nun in that place. Like, let's... Let, uh, he, when he says, let's do this, it's like, hmm, I'm interested. Like, you know what I mean? If you're about that life. And so, so um, Beach was like, yeah, I knew he did it. And you is like, I wanted to give you that information before you left Oz, because since Schillinger murdered your father and Lowen is like a father to Schillinger, or it, yeah, it's like a father to Schillinger, a tooth for a tooth time. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, for real. I don't, I just don't, I don't see it. I don't see how he had the time to set this up. Right. That's why I'm still I'm still no no head. no I know I know it was I know that most likely the governor did it because the next thing that happens is that 
the governor's in there talking with ex McManus and and the mayor and the mayor starts talking to the governor like he's not the fucking governor and he's like like I I would have thought I would have thought to him the same place, way you talked to Vern. Well, yeah, nigga, you're my employee. Getting <laughs> over yep. the gardener. Yeah, I have to run as well. Jimmy, could you stay just two more minutes? Uh, yeah. I'll see you again. Oh, I hope so, darling. <laughs> you fucking cocksucker. You swore to me that you would never let me serve a day. Listen, they were burning down the city. Correction. They were burning down their city, their neighborhood, their business. The violence was escalating, spreading. So you send in the National Guard, tear gas, rubber bullets. What you don't do is betray a lifelong friend. What you don't do is humiliate a man, especially when that man knows where the bodies are buried. I want my pardon, Jimmy, and I want it fucking today. I'm not going to spend another night in this cesspool. Do you understand me? I don't care what kind of political typhoon it causes. If you don't give me my pardon, I will call a press conference and I will tell tales, Jimmy. Tales of corruption, tales of graft, tales of voter fraud. By the time I'm finished, you'll be sitting right next to me in Unit J playing par fucking cheesy. All right. I'll figure out a way. Yeah. You always do, Jimmy. That's why you're my boy. Something I want you to do. Something that requires enormous discretion. I mean, look, two things. One, yes, obviously he set it up for this dude to go back and have somebody kill fucking you or kill fucking Lawin. The thing is, it just so happened that the person who killed him was the same Aryan dude who was asking Schillinger how the meeting with the mayor went. And so that's why I was like, um, it's iffy. Fuck you, Dad! Because that... That dude Lowry jumped in. Must have forgot that. Lowry must have forgot that he was mayor. The, the, the thing that got me about it, the thing that annoyed me about this whole thing is we know from watching every episode of this shit is that every time that somebody opens their mouth and says, yep. I know what you did and I'm a tell. Every time. every He committed the cardinal sin of Oz. He told somebody what he planned on doing. Exactly. Exactly. And then he started monologuing. <laughs> yeah. Because I know where the fucking bodies are buried. Jimmy. You know where yours are buried you, at? Why would you talk shit when you're in a hospital bed? And why is he still in a hospital bed? Nigga, you choked. Like, heal up. Everybody else chokes. They get the Highland maneuver. Everybody applauds the person who saves them and they go back to eating dinner. Why are you still in the hospital like three, four days later? Because you're old, man. So he old. So, <laughs> so, so he nigga, old. he no, he didn't die. That's what you need to know. He didn't die, and due to the fact that they're so worried about his safety, they should have got him right back to Unit J. He can mm. heal up in Unit J. It ain't like you got stabbed or you 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 have COVID or anything like that. You almost choked, but didn't. Your throat might have a few contusions. But you're gonna heal pretty quickly. Now, guess who ain't? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm with you. Like, there's there's no reason for him to still be there. But also, he old. 
he old. Um, and also, that's when I found out that everybody in politics is like a fucking racist. <laughs> and 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 even though Lowen died, I still want to crown him the McMayor of Punkin people. <laughs> like <laughs> that, that nigga's the mayor of McPunkin, motherfucker. <laughs> like the fuck you gonna do? That's why you're my boy. And knowing after he how he talked to um Schillinger, we know that he means boy, maybe in a racial connotation, like a slave. Yeah. Nigga, I would have stabbed him too. So now you got two motherfuckers who are out there like, fuck you, dad. And because exactly. so, he talks to them both like a disapproving father. Mm-hmm. And both of them turn around and look at him like, I have balls. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, I mean, he, he committed the cardinal sin of the place. And that's why no one is fucking, no one who's watched this show to this point is surprised by what exactly so then um beecher says bye to saeed and sister pete and then he signs his papers and he's free to go he walks out that's literally it uh i I really thought keller was gonna do something to him but i guess that was a big nope um some random inmate wakes up screaming the infirmary in the infirmary in the infirmary infirmary in the infirmary final answer some random inmate wakes up screaming the infirmary distracting the co which gives another random inmate a chance to pick up a fucking shank and go in the room where May Lowen is still kept and slit his throat. There are no short timers in Oz. Every single time they say, huh? Didn't Beecher say that he was disbarred? He said, when I get out... He said he's disbarred, but also he's working working with his father's law firm to get inmates. He said, my father's law firm. Yeah, Brandon, you you breaking up like a motherfucker, dog. You just gonna have to sit back quietly and listen to us talk today. <laughs> now he said he said he's disbarred, so he can't actively practice law. But he's gonna be the one coordinating the efforts within Oz. Yeah. So like so like he's at this point he's the messenger. He's not the one that's actually doing anything. He's just a messenger. Well, you know, and we see this with, with him going back and talking to Keller. Like he's just a messenger at this point. He's nothing else. So the next thing that happens is that uh Rebido, um is in the library with Stella, and Rebido is getting his flirt on. And I gotta say that their flirting is very bookish. Yes. Um, like this is. I want to say it's erotic, but at the same time, it's it's hypnotic. And, and so she's telling him about uh, Pablo Rosa. And um, he's like, yeah, he beat him to death with this book that he's holding. Um, so then they start flirting with one another. Um, after that conversation was like. After that conversation. Just, after it was like, you just, you just told me that a motherfucker beat someone to death with a book. And we're just like, but yeah, but about you, though. But about you. Yeah, what's, what's good on you? I know you want to help people, but you can't reach a kid like that. Which is exactly why I should try. Doesn't your boyfriend worry you coming in here every day? Is that your not-so-subtle way of asking if I'm involved? Yes. Well, Robert, to me, men are like books. Sometimes I want a romance, sometimes a thriller, 
Sometimes maybe a trashy novel to take to the beach. And sometimes I want a classic. He's a but classic. When I finish, it's back on the exactly. shelves and on to the next. You've never been married. Oh, no. And maybe you're reading too fast. I'm voracious. Little red book cover. Hold yeah. on, I read you too fast. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like because they're because they're learned, like a lot of there is like a lot of like innuendo. Mm-hmm. Like a lot. And it's just like and it's not even subtle innuendo. Like you might as well just come out and say it at this point. I just want to put my bookmark in your cubby hole. <laughs> <laughs> So then we learned about Pablo Rosa, who was uh, convicted on December 22nd, 02 of involuntary manslaughter. He's 18 years old. He's got 18 years and he's up for parole in 10. This nigga had a gun in school, took it out to show his friends, accidentally discharged it through the fucking ceiling. It went through the ceiling and fucking hit somebody in the neck, I guess, and killed them. Yeah. This must have happened right after, like, they were like, we got to fit some Columbine shit into our, into our. In, yeah, my, like, my, my thing is, was it his gun? I don't because know. Because I thought of the other dude was showing the gun. He grabbed it and decided to, who decides to just shoot a fucking gun in the air in the middle of the fucking hallway full of people at school? If you're going to shoot a gun in the hallway at school, first of all, you're going to get shot nowadays. Like, immediately, somebody's going to draw down on you. But. At least point it at the ground. If you know you're on the ground floor, point it at the ground and discharge that shit. Don't be shooting in the air. That shit made no sense. Right? So Stella's going to work with him. Oh, and he reminds me of Bricks. Yes. Stella's going to work with him because he he beat somebody to death with a book. And she's like, tell me the things that interest you. And he's like, like what? Pussy and baseball? And she's like, now we're cooking. Yeah. She's (laughs) old. She's a dope old bird. (laughs) Is Is there a novelization of Bull Durham? (laughs) <laughs> right. Um, Norma talks to Rebido and tells him to convince Boost Miles to talk to her. She basically tells him that if Boost Miles doesn't come and see her the next time she comes, he'll never hear from Norma Clark again. And then she starts crying. And I was like, she's going to commit suicide. But this punk went and saw her anyway. So it didn't really fucking matter. Nah, um, she was like, because I've cried about it. I've cried, and now I'm crying and, again. And now See, I'm crying tears. again. See? I don't tears. understand this shit at all. Yeah. I don't understand this shit at all. Even with the next episode, I don't fucking understand this shit at all. So, Robeson is now wearing short shorts, earrings, and lipstick. Uh, Rebido comes to bring him a... ass cheeks out, dog. Like, that's He's wearing pink panties, too. Um, and Rebido comes to bring... to wear that all around us? That's my question. Because that's what Wolfgang told him to do. And so yeah, because, Wolfgang... Because, they, because remember, they had Franklin in the same situation, but just not with the clothes. Robeson uh, is... Well, Ro- Rebido comes to bring Wolfgang a book, and they're talking about Macbeth. Somehow Wolfgang's actually interested in McMeth, Macbeth, McMeth, and they start talking. And um, then out of nowhere, Wolfgang starts calling Robeson Lady Macbeth and makes him go and get the book for him. They never mentioned the spoon again until they go into the the um, 
cafeteria in a few moments and they're like hey i heard you're in receiving and discharge <laughs> i was like ah, ah, ah. <laughs> but it all pays off when chucky threatens to beat him up again and wolfgang protects him yeah and supposedly this is the scene where Shabetta's in the back somewhere ah i'll go look and since redding is taking over telemarketing leo's gonna give chucky back the kitchen but he wants him to stay away from the Aryans. And Chucky asks what Leo gave to the Aryans, and Leo's like, shut the fuck up. Shut, just get the fuck out. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. P- Penders and White ask Claire um, what's going on with them, what's ailing them, and she says she doesn't know. Uh, but then Dr. Nathan looks in on Carlos and turns around just in time for Chico to come in and tell him that Morales wants to kill him. Uh, but Carlos says that he's too weak to fight him, so if you're going to kill me, kill me. And Chico's like, you know what? Never mind. Best of luck to you and walks away. Morales tells Chico that he asked for Carlos to be dead. And Chico tells him that if Carlos, that Carlos is a compadre and that if he wants a deed done, he needs to do it himself. Morales is like, I will. And I ain't going to forget this shit either. And then he goes and kills Carlos. As far as we know, somebody kills Carlos. As far as you know. Somebody killed Carlos. And Dr. Nathan fired the nurse who missed the code. So then she goes and talks to Leo and tells him that she has to do an autopsy and she don't plan on lying this time. Full fucking disclosure, Leo. Yeah, she fires the nurse that actually, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she, fires, she, she fires the right one that day. <laughs> yeah, time, cuz. So um, Leo does a press conference to get ahead of this shit and he takes full responsibility for Carlos' death. Uh, so Claire goes and tells Pender and White that Carlos bought the farm, and this annoyed me so much. Omar's like, "What farm? Did yeah, he get a, a farm?" A I'm, I'm sorry. I still like Omar is the most useless character. That's a good thing, right? He got a farm. <laughs> what are we talking about? If he bought a farm, doesn't he get the annuities? He bought a farm. Yeah, this that that shit. The Omar is just Omar's completely useless at this point. Mm-hmm. like i i don't yeah and then here's the here's the problem and this is a there's another problem with the fucking warden yo this man is said specifically don't you think we need to wait until we get the autopsy back before we start talking all of this shit mm-hmm. and he was like no i'm trying to get ahead of this and it's just like if okay. he would have waited he wouldn't have had to do anything Mm-hmm. He sets himself up so bad here, and then like the rest of the time, he's just like scrambling, and like everything that comes out of him, he seems so angry and all of this kind of stuff now. And it's just like, no, you should have listened to Miss Manners. So Brass finds Murphy, and he's like, "I'm happy that uh, Carlos is dead." Murphy says it's too bad that he died before he ratted on Morales, and Brass is like, "He did talk." Yeah, this seemed like a lie from the beginning. Like, I don't know how the fuck, I don't know how the fuck no one actually noticed that. Like, right. Um, so then um Murphy tells Brass that he knew if you knew this since last night, why don't you say nothing until now? That's how we know he was lying. And Brass, like, I've been looking for you. Let's go. And so they go get Morales and take him to solitary. And Claire holds Morales down. Murphy is on lookout, and Brass cuts both of Morales' Achilles tendons. Yeah. And I was just, I literally, I'm sorry, I cringed like a motherfucker through that whole goddamn scene. 
Yeah, I didn't. And that's not right. That's not right. That's not right. But my thing is, now that Brass has done this, quit, dog. Right? Just take your two million, because you still ain't said what the fuck happened to the money. Just take the two million dip. Exactly. Just go ahead and quit. You 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 succeeded, and why the fuck you still were at odds? But just like that, Murphy ain't shit either. Because whether Correct. or not whether or not Morales actually told him that, which he didn't, Murphy still went in there and got street justice on Morales, or was a part of street justice. So he ain't shit either. Yeah, because and he has some moments where he's been like, "No, this is not a, the right thing to do," mm-hmm. and then fucking like, and he said. If this actually happened, why are you just telling me this now? Mm-hmm. If, the, if you got told this last night, why the fuck are you just telling me this now? That is the sign that like something is not right about this. And you are usually the guy that says something's not right about this. Or he actually, filled out an application. Who says that's not right. But I mean, but he's usually the one who says like something's not right about this. Um, you know, he filled out an application. You like all of those things that he said, all of that shit went out the window when he told him that. So next thing that happens is that um sister or or Hoyt tells Father Ray that he sees the devil everywhere. And um I don't care about this storyline at all. And me neither. It turns out, long story short, that he sees the devil over uh, Father Ray's shoulder. And Father Ray's looking at him like, for real? And so <laughs> he goes and tells Sister Pete. And Sister Pete tells him that he's hoping to end his guilt by helping uh, Hoyt out. Trust me, it goes nowhere. He meets Tim's mom. Timmy's like, Timmy's mom is like, I need to confess that I didn't like my son either. And everybody's in agreement. We skip past that to get to Sister Pete going to talk to Cyril. Who's got Jericho with him? <laughs> oh my God, Jesus, motherfucking why, Christ! Why is Sister Pete like you? Know, why are you talking like this? Like I thought you talked like a six-year-old. Mm. I've been wondering. Wait, Sister, don't you want to say hello to me? Oh yeah, sure. Hello, Jericho. Cyril, how how uh? How are you feeling lately? He's fine. Okay. That's enough. Let's put Jericho away, okay? No. (laughs) Yes. Give me the puppet. Fuck you, you cunt. Cyril, I gave you Jericho, and now I want him back. She holds out her hand for Jericho, and it looks for all purposes like this hand puppet bit the fuck out of her hand, like he grabbed exactly. her hand himself. <laughs> Why didn't, if she held out her hand, like no, he takes the sock the sock puppet off and puts it in your hand. You do not put he does not put his hand into your hand. That is stupid. You know what the thing is about this whole Jericho thing is on MTV the back in the day. What? It just phoned it. The writers just phoned it in. 
Well, they found everything in, in, this, yeah. in these last two seasons. Oh, no, yeah. it's the way that when we were younger, maybe not you, Brandon, but definitely Scar and I, there was a show on MTV called Syphil and Ollie. And oh, Syphil and Ollie were two sock puppets that were supposed to be in the vein of Beavis and Butthead. It was back during that time. They're the ones who made the song My United States or whatever. Every time I look at Jericho, I see Syphil and Ollie. And so I, I start vaguely, laughing. I kind of hmm? vaguely remember that. Yeah. Every time I look at him. But the fact that Jericho, not Jericho, the fact that fucking Cyril had Jericho get, he put his hand in Sister Pete's face so she could not look around Jericho. And he kept moving. <laughs> right. <laughs> Jericho staring her in the face. Fuck you. <laughs> exactly. Oh, this shit is so out of hand. And then she calls the she calls the she calls the the, the guard in and they 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 basically attack him and they take this fucking sock puppet mm-hmm. and it's just like okay and then the, the, here's the worst part about it like she says that basically he's developing another personality through Get the sock opinion. puppet yeah um through the sock puppet but my thing is this um it's not it's you know like what 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 is that really doing like give him the fucking thing back yep. <laughs> you know what i mean mm-hmm. like he seemed way more fucking coherent now with the fucking sock puppet and whatever personality that is talk to him because <sighs> it's obvious brandon dog. right but having multiple personalities is how you get people to realize he's fucking crazy right this this works in her favor yes you you deal with the you deal with that because it's very obvious it's very obvious that jericho is cyril's inner monologue except the fact is that jericho attacked her so now she's like you know what i don't give a fuck electrotherapy electroshock the fuck out of him basically Uh, well no 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 that was that was brought up without her no but then she agreed to it Um, she said i tried everything and i failed and and he's gotten worse and um, so I'm okay with it because she said that it can't be done without me. Um, and she says nothing she's done has worked. And she comes to the conclusion that Cyril doing the electroshot therapy may help. So she's going to walk McManus's maze to figure things out. Yeah. And that, that scene after when, um, when, when his brother and his, I guess his stepmom mm-hmm. come to see him. That shit hurt, dog. Like I, I, I felt so bad for him. He was like drooling and shit. Mm-hmm. Like you know what I mean. Like other than the fact that she's saying "Hush, little baby," it was just like, come on, dog. Like you could find a better song than that. And but so, I mean, I guess public domain. And so the governor doesn't want to doesn't want pushback on Cyril being executed. So he proposed the electroshock, and Leo's like, "No decision can be made without Sister Pete's approval and the family as well." And they immediately popped up with Seamus' signature, signature, like immediately. Immediately I was like, "Yeah, we got that." Yeah, we didn't even have to ask him. We just said, "Yo, can we try?" And he was like, "Fuck that kid," and signed off. Yep, that's all right. We'll see Seamus again. So. Um, they give him electrotherapy, electroshock therapy, and it's 120 shocks or 120 volts. Um, and then she holds him. And because she said, sometimes people hold you, the pain goes away. And Ryan looks on and cries. 
Um, after that, they go to reincarnated Johnny Post. Thank you, Ashanti, who asks why they have to leave the kitchen detail when that's the best detail there is. Redding tells him that they found something better that'll get them out of the muck and mire. They're going to be telemarketers. Do you see the joke there? Telemarketers are in the muck and mire. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Um, they ain't gonna sling. They ain't gonna slang dope no more. Women, 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 women. Um, <laughs> they're delivered. <laughs> we've been delivered from slanging dope. <laughs> um, poet asks, it's no more. Poet asks what the angle is, and Redding says there isn't one, and that's when I knew that Redding was gonna die. Um, the outsourcer white woman is told this senator Lakin doesn't want anyone to know that they're talking to convicts. And Redding gets mad that he's effectively working for a white, for a right wing Bible toting motherfucker. And, and this said, dude's and legislation said, is literally the primary reason why so many men in odds are doing double their time. Yes. And so the outsourcer tells Redding to can the editorials, which is white speakeasy for shut the fuck up. <laughs> and so Redding apologized like a good house nigga. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. She says, with every with the program going on in other facilities, everybody wins. The campaign manager's like, no, nah, I'm a campaign manager. Trust me, somebody has a lose. And they shake hands and go in their opposite directions. Um, poet, tells, poet tells Redding that he ain't doing this shit. He ain't giving up the tits straight for this. Redding's like, man, shut up and be there at 9 o'clock in the morning, and then I'll show you how right I am. Um. And Augustus' book, we find out, is being held up by his ex-wife, who said that she's the rightful owner of the book. Then we also find out the family, the officer that he killed, doesn't want him to make money off it as the son as the son of Sam uh, yeah, they got, law ruling. They, they got him on some OJ shit. Yeah. So Saeed had an inspiration and decided to start his own book binding company. Uh, the Muslims will pull their money together. And he's not going to drive any local competitors out of business, and he'll pay minimum wage. Okay. Saeed goes to see a reporter who's going to do a story on his new venture. And he walks into the visitor's room and says hello to him. The reporter pulls out a fucking gun and shoots Saeed twice. What the fuck? (laughs) What the fuck? And how the fuck? How the fuck did he get a gun into the facility? Why the fuck did this happen? What the fuck? And why was Saeed's last words don't harm him? Fuck that noise. Fuck this. Fuck you, this my, my whole thing is this. Um, in the next episode, Leo goes to the guy who's at the front or who's at the front desk. And this is the guy that we've already known has had a drinking issue. Mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck what kind of drinking issue you got. If a motherfucker walks through a, a metal detector and the motherfucker goes off, like there are some things, to, even if you're, even if you've been drinking, like you're like, hold on, that's a problem. Like that. So the, like the drinking thing does not, does not serve as a good excuse for me. Mm. Like how the how the fuck did someone get a gun in in Oz? And you know we've already seen how does someone leave a gun in Oz and leave Oz without their gun? And nobody knows nobody knows anything. I just I'm I am I'm not even mad. I'm numb at the way that they did Saeed. Yep, they did him I'm, dirty as a bitch. I'm numb. Like they this is the worst killing since stinking ass Scott Ross, in my opinion. 
like this had nothing to do with anything. And we've seen some dumbass murders, but at least they were in a storyline. They invented a motherfucker to come out and kill Saeed. And then, oh, this, that, that, this, it doesn't get any better, but it goes a little bit deeper. Mm, I don't, I don't think I want it to. I, uh, <laughs> but he, I'll tell you, I'm going to tell you this. He's going to do us all a solid. Okay, that'll work when he kills himself. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Shit no, 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 no. He's going to do us all a solid. Trust okay. me when I say this. He's going to, and it's not about taking himself out. Um, He's going to do us all a solid. Trust okay. me. <laughs> if I find my soul in this place, or I am lost forever. Rest in peace, Saeed. Rest you in know peace, what? Saeed. Real talk, real talk. The way that they killed you, my nigga. That's not right. That's nope. not right. That's not right. This shit just makes no sense. And they, they in the next episode, they still don't have an explanation. Right, right. That's what makes it worse. Exactly. I'm talking about stuff in the next episode because you say you, you know, you press for time. Uh, yeah, we'll be right back after this brief break. I'm Agent Scott. And I'm Cam, the provocateur. And together we are the Spy Hearts Podcast. Every Tuesday, we decode the best and the worst of spy cinema to decipher if they make the knock list. That's right. The knock list is the need-to-see official classics of the spy genre. The best of the best, so to speak. Nobody does it better. From Born to Bond and Powers to Palmer, you can bet we will cover it. So subscribe now and revel in the audio equivalent of a smooth martini. Just search for Spy Hards, that's S-P-Y-H-A-R-D-S on all major podcast apps. And let's just hope you find us before we find you. Hey everyone, this is Prash, host of Prash's Murder Map. Pack your passport and jump on a plane because I'd like to take you on a journey to investigate some of the most heinous, macabre and enigmatic murders across the globe and throughout history. We'll look at forensics, psychology and more as we dissect solved and unsolved cases like Australia's Frankston Killer and a murderous family on the American frontier. If you'd like to give my podcast a try, you can find me on all major podcast platforms and YouTube. Hope to see you soon! Hey, this is Kate. I'm a forensic psychologist and crisis clinician, and I collect stories. Everything from true crime, to trauma, to parenthood. Turns out there's a lot more in common between anxiety and sociopathy, or between serial killing and podcasting, than you might think. Are you sure you really want to know? This is Ignorance Was Bliss, at IWB Podcast on social media and IWB.com. I'm Rebecca Sebastian, host of Dialogue. I'm also the creator and host of Yellow Tape, a true crime trivia show in New York City. In these live shows, we cover the who, what, and when of popular true crime cases, but we can't always deep dive the way I would like. That's where this podcast comes in. Dialogue picks up where Yellow Tape leaves off. Each week, I'll interview professionals, podcasters, and players in the true crime space. We'll attempt to answer the why of true crime, 
why we love it, why it happens, and what we talk about when we talk about true crime. And yeah, we'll probably play some true crime trivia too. So, are you ready to explore the heart of true crime with me? I think we'll have a killer conversation. Be sure to subscribe to Dialogue on iTunes today. Hey, Squiddies, it's your host, Dre from the Tattoo Squid Podcast, here to take you on a deep dive and have my eight arms and two tentacles reach out to all different discussions, whether it be interviews with other podcasts and talk about horror, Halloween, heavy metal, camping, comic books, board games, Funko Pops. (sighs) So enjoy the ride to the bottom of the sea. And also the depths of my mind. Plus, you can also follow me on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube, and whatever you find podcasts that are available. So, in so they killed Saeed. We want to find out why they killed Saeed because they ended the last episode on him on Saeed dying. We decided to try and find out why they killed Saeed because some random ass white dude killed Saeed. Right. And so, the Muslims are mourning. They they bring in a random-ass white lady to investigate. Yes. And the random-ass white lady looks like it's not Elizabeth Taylor. What's the name? It's the white woman from from, um, Arrested Development who kept getting vertigo. That's who she she looks like. Just an old ass white woman. It's strange. If you watch Arrested Development, it's a really good show, by the way. The first five or the first three or five seasons are way better than Curb Your Enthusiasm. Um, That's offensive as well. Is it, though? Very offensive. Brandon. Arrested Development is fucking fantastic for the early parts of it. It is, sir. That is offensive. Have you ever seen Arrested Development, Brandon? I don't have to see it. Have you seen it, Brandon? Because I've seen the first two seasons of Curb Your Enthusiasm, and that like, show can go fuck itself while jumping Liza off Manelli. the and, and Liza Minnelli, notice, that's who she looks like. And as you notice in every chat and on Twitter, you're literally the only person who says that out of the group of people we know. Everyone else doesn't. So maybe you're the outlier on that one. Yeah, maybe I'm right. It's and cool. I'm looking at there's the rest of development. There's I'm a lot of people that I know are, are horrible people that everybody else thinks is great. And you know what that means? Y'all are fucking wrong, and I'm right. I'm looking at Arrested Development with his 71% on Rotten Tomatoes. I, I, don't, I don't really trust people. I don't trust the masses when it comes to reviews. I don't I trust trust. And I'm looking at Curb Your Enthusiasm at 95%. Motherfucker, the last episode of Oz got an 87 Right on IMBD, that don't matter. Do you know how well? Do you know how well these episodes that we're watching right now are reviewed? (laughs) (laughs) You know why Carbon Enthusiasm gets such high ratings on Rotten Tomatoes because old white men support old white men. Yeah, but all the black people you know watch love the show too. Look, my wife doesn't. um, according to the IMDb, y'all are outliers. According to the IMDb ratings, the last episode that we just the, the previous episode has a eight point seven rating out of ten, and this episode has an eight point two rating out of ten. No fucking way! I don't trust the masses when it comes to reviewing anything. Look, you can't trust the masses with they stinking asses. Nope, not at all. Shout out to Red Man. So, like I said, they bring in. Um, this 
guy to kill Saeed. And so they bring in Liza Minnelli to ask why he killed Saeed. And the only thing he says is, I will sign a confession in my best penmanship. I had to do it before nightfall. I know why that's dramatic Saeed. enough. Because I wanted it to sound dramatic when I said I had to do it before nightfall. I know why they killed Saeed. Me too. He went to Chicago Fire. Because no, that's way after this. I know. Because Saeed, the actor, was probably like, none of these niggas in the eyes would kill Saeed. So I'm not either. I'm not dying. And the writer said, All right, we won't have anybody these people kill you. We'll just make it a random person. My thing was not so much um, the confession. It was Leo talking to the front desk person. And um, this happened. You went through the metal detector, same as everyone else. And the machine didn't go off? No, sir. Would have noticed it. Brees, I've had to discipline you twice for drinking on duty. I can smell the alcohol on your breath. My wife's got cancer. Look. I don't care. You have a job, man, a responsibility, and you failed. As a result, a man is dead. A prisoner. <sighs> Here's what I want you to do. Change out of your uniform, and then get the fuck out of my prison. Two things. One... Did Leo get some balls? No, no, no. That's what was interesting to me. Now... Leo cares about a man with a gun getting in the eyes because when the governor got shot. Oh, oh, oh. We All he did was try to that. figure out how he... Uh, yeah. uh, how, he well, failed he, the, how he failed the shooter. Yeah. Uh, well, you know what? He didn't He didn't ask about the gun for that. He asked about the gun that Adebisi had that, you know, mm-hmm. it, he investigated that after, but like he wasn't asking that question at first. Like, how the fuck did he get a gun in the first place? Also, I want to point out that in the last episode, Dr. Nathan, who was under duress when somebody died, went and fired the nurse who said that they were doing their job. And in this episode, um, Leo, who was connected with Dr. Nathan and trying to cover up these the, the, the death of Carlos, whatever it may be, is firing a guy for doing his job after somebody's death. We don't know that the that the metal detector went off or not leo's just going off the fact that he smelled alcohol on a dude's breath and that he's gotten him for drinking twice no, so no, now no, he no, has no. a scapegoat here's the worst part when he was walking away he pulls out a brown a brown paper bag with some drink in it oh it's no he like, can have the drink he can, he can have the no. drink now he fired yeah like for real like you just happen he just happened to be drinking on the job and nobody noticed that until right when he's leaving like okay you've like he's been drunk on the job sure but the fact that he actually had that shit in a brown paper bag sitting at the front desk of the fucking prison like come on man like y'all y'all can rope this shit better than that you know i gotta do this scar brown paper bag sorry stop it sorry do you know that's how rizzo gets paid every time i sing that no just um rizzo gets paid um he you he don't accept checks or anything like that. Um, you have to put the you have to put the money that you pay Riza in a brown paper bag. <laughs> that so is so that that's how he gets paid for everything. That for is that, wild. That is unnecessarily him, wild. <laughs> put him, put that shit in cash and pay him and put it in a brown paper bag and get it done that way. 
Bong, bong, bong. Diversify your bonds, niggas. Um, also, the governor suggests that they need to frame somebody because Saeed is a big name. Um, and uh, Liza Minnelli's like, nah, I'm good. And I'm, I feel good about that because Alva Cates wouldn't have framed anybody either. I feel um, like the only reason Leo has a job is because he knows how shady the fucking governor is and the governor don't want him spreading that shit. Wait, wait. Not only does he know how shady the fucking governor is, he's smart enough to not tell the governor that I know how shady you are. And if I go down, you're going down too. I'm gonna I'm not gonna say anything. I'm just gonna say just wait. Because if he says that, of course the governor is gonna murder him because it's odds and there's rules to this game. All I'm saying is just wait. Just, just you give, give wait. I gotta give do that sound bite next. Just you wait. I can't wait to see what happens when we do a show where you don't know shit, Scar. <laughs> so just give it time. Well, actually, no. We uh, All of the shows that we talked about possibly doing, I've seen. Uh, yeah, that's obscene. I agree. So Napa's the uh, the narrator now, and he's fucking horrible. Um, he talks for a second. Nobody cares. Um, Beecher comes back to see his client, Chris Keller, but walking back in the eyes gives him trepidation. Um, and then Sister Pete's like, oh, and by the way, Saeed died and Beecher shocked. Yeah. Hey, that, was, f- that, was, that was pretty good acting on his Also, yeah, no, I was always good acting how, from Toby. He's good. I want to I know how the whole fucking eyes knew about O'Reilly's mom and all this other random shit. But fucking Omar White didn't know who, that Saeed died. That's a good point. Later. That is a good, good point. Was it two months later? Um, I don't know how time works here because we did jump six months for Augustus. So, um, but yeah, he was like, how's everybody? What's going on? I hate Omar. I hope he dies next. Beecher's going to file a motion uh, to get Keller out, but Keller's worried about the eyewitness. But Beecher tells him, well, the eyewitness is the third strike candidate. So chances are he lied about the whole story to get a deal. And so they're going to imply that he can, the uh, eyewitness, made up the whole story. And Keller asked Beecher how he's doing no, with the no, officers. Not that he made up the story that the 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 FBI agent co- basically told him the story. Yes. And told, yeah. We, we have you got to add that piece because that FBI agent had a fucking hard on for trying to get Keller up about Keller from the gate. From the gate, even told uh, Schillinger about some shit to try and get him out the paint. So. Um, Keller asked Beecher how he's doing with the loss of his father and Saeed, and then asked him what it's like being free. Beecher's like, well, we're outdoors all the time, and there's it's the little things, like helping out my kids with homework and PTA meetings. And Keller's like, I'm happy for you. Get me off death row. He's not really happy for him. He, he tells uh, Sister Pete later on that um, Beecher's in love, and it makes him happy. But then Sister Peter's like, how does how, how are you really feeling about that? And he's like, you know what? I'm 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 jealous. And this is great acting. Mood, huh? All right. Uh, under a new state law, every six months I have to uh, review the mental health of every resident of Death Row, and it's your turn. So, how's your mental health? Well, Beecher seems to think my days on death row were numbered. Yeah, I know. Uh, I saw him earlier. How'd he seem to you? 
Well, he's obviously grieving for the loss of his father and uh, Saeed. Yeah, I mean, other than that. What are you asking me exactly? Features in love. Really? Did he say so? I can tell. And uh, how does that make you feel? Oh, I don't know. Come on, Chris. Don't bull me. How does that make you feel? Happy. For him? Yes. And for you? Jealous. And what are you going to do with that jealousy? Chew on it? Suck on it? Devour it whole? Yeah, okay? Beecher has what I want! I want a life! I get executed and he lives a long, old life surrounded by his grandchildren. I want a life! me not to be a little envious? Sure I can. If you truly love him, I expect that and more. I'll write in my review that you're behaving normally. I didn't, I'd never seen Law and Order SVU. Oh, yeah, my man Stabler. I've never seen it, but I want to watch it because he's fucking fantastic. Yes. Oh, he yeah, Stabler's so even better than this character. Oh, my God, really? Yeah, the Stabler character's great. Wait, how many seasons is that? Because <laughs> I know Law & Order goes from, like, 1990 till 2021, so. And he just came back, right? Yeah, he he left the show for a while, for at least seven or eight seasons, and then he just came back this year. The thing that I liked about Law and Order was sometimes the bad guys won. Like sometimes yes. they went to court and, and and they couldn't get the evidence they needed or whatever, and the bad guys won. And I appreciated that because it felt real. But I will watch his show. I will watch that. Yeah, Stabler's both the cop that we hate and also the cop that you want cops to be at the same time. <laughs> He'll beat the shit out of suspects, but he's also like trying really hard to defend like women who get assaulted and minorities and things like that at mm -hmm. the same time. He's both the person you love and the person you hate. See, I will watch that. I will fuck with that. Um, but yeah, that that scene was just fascinating to me, and 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 I really did like the fact that Sister Pete was like, you know what, he's behaving normally, he's just as egotistical as he's always been. Yeah, he's like screaming, "I want a life." Well, who fucked up your life, dog? He can. <laughs> we, we're gonna find out that Heakin's last or Heakin's first name is like Maurice or something, and they call him Mo. That's the way Oz writes. White supremacy. Mohican. Yes, that too. And and Schillinger. Yes. Well, no, 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 no. He wouldn't have met Schillinger if he wasn't already in prison. That's where they met. That's true. So, so he did something to be there in the fucking first place. He wanted a life. 
So Beecher comes in and tells Keller, <laughs> "Oh, liar, liar! Stop breaking the law, asshole!" Like <laughs> that's really your only answer to it. Like if you want a life, cool. Stop breaking the fucking law. It's pretty simple to me. Yeah. So Beecher got Keller off death row, and so now Keller is in Unit B, and Schillinger has nothing but time. I figure he's going to kill Keller, or something's going to happen because they can't be in the same room together. But eventually, this is going to go to a head. But Keller gets in the unit B and immediately goes to. Hey, it's Franklin. And tells him that he's fascinated by him and to meet him in the storage closet later on in unit B. And I'm like, it's a trap, dude. You should see that you know who he is. Because when they go into the uh, storage closet, Franklin tells him after they make out, Franklin tells him that he thought that Keller only had eyes for Beecher. Why are you doing this, sir? Why didn't you talk to Schillinger about this, sir? Because he knows about the the, the legendary dick slinging that he does around that place. Mm-hmm. He, is a, he is a dick soldier. And so <laughs> <laughs> Keller says Beecher is the reason why we're together in the first place. And that the story that he heard was that Franklin killed Beecher's father. And then he breaks Franklin's neck and dies. Hey, it's Franklin. Not anymore. Well, he did tell Beecher he owed him his life, so he did him a solid. Okay, so knowing the kind of person that he is, right? Mm -hmm. Why didn't at least he get his dick sucked first? You know, I, I was shocked by that. I thought that he would have taken the initiative to um, at least try and get a little something, something before he sent him off to the uh, upper room. But then again, that leaves more DNA. Yeah. Because we know Franklin, like, you know, gets it all. You know, you know what's funny? Is this the same closet he did that before to somebody? I'm know. almost all certain. All the look just alike to me. I'm almost certain he's done this before. But yeah, you know, he did do this before. He did this exact same move. <laughs> well, I mean, when he murdered, uh, when he was when he was murdering gay men after he had sex with them, apparently he had the same move on them too. So yeah. it isn't like he's really <laughs> doing anything new or different <laughs> you in the world. You ain't seen my movies, <laughs> right? Juice. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> I, I'm just laughing at the fact that you said he'll leave DNA and he was trying to get DNA on Franklin. Dick in the ass. Screwed up. Hey, it's Franklin. Not anymore. Not anymore. Not anymore. Franklin. Hey, but at least he could tell. Um, he could tell his boy in heaven, I outlasted you. Rest in pieces, nigga. Nah, fuck Adam. I said pieces. Oh. Both of them. <laughs> right, right. Like, oh no. We're we're running through uh people's lives pretty quickly now. Clarence asked as as Keller's walking back down the hallway from this closet, Clarence is like, hey. How's it feel to be back in gin pop? And Keller's like, sweet. <laughs> I can kill people again. And nobody knows it was me. <laughs> um, next thing that happens is that the call center is going well. 
uh, and they find out they only need a 2% success rate uh, for Lakin, but the inmates are garnering 5%, even though they're getting hung up a lot, hung up on a whole lot, and the inmates don't like it. Uh, but we find out that the Johnny Post remake has a sorry for bothering you voice and he's getting through. Hello. I'd like to talk to you about uh, Governor Lakin and Senator Lakin and what's so great about. Yes, I do have a moment. <laughs> My name's Bob. Yes, I am white. Yes, I will marry your daughter. Thank you. <laughs> Please hold. Looks like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. <laughs> right? <laughs> I used to work in a call center. I told y'all about that, right? Like I worked in a call center for 411 and we had to um, make, we had to have pseudonyms. So this was back before they had MapQuest or even the ones you would print out and, and follow them place to place. So we would give time, we would give restaurant reservations and we would give directions. Um, and so we had to use a pseudonym for our names. And so my name was Rod. And so I was like, thank you for calling 411. This is Rod. And a guy jumped Why'd on one day. Why did you have to use pseudonyms? I have no idea. No clue. It wasn't like yeah. they were going to find me. I worked in the call center. Yeah. I, you know what? I've gotten calls from people, um, you know, clearly uh, people from, from India um, who had to pause when it's time for them to say their name. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is Brad. Okay, Brad. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Fine, Brad. How are you doing today, Brad? <laughs> I am good. That's just like when you go to a fast food restaurant, though, and you go to the drive-thru, and sometimes it still catches me where, you're, where they're like, welcome to Taco Bell. Would you like to try our new $5 box where we have this, that, and the third? And it's a woman's voice, and then a dude hops on because it's the recording. <laughs> yes. That's, that's always weird. Welcome to Taco Bell. We have the $5 burrito bus. Would you like to try it? This is Bob. What the fuck? <laughs> Go ahead with your order, dog. What you want, dog? What you need? My nigga. <laughs> <laughs> I got you, bro. All right. I, I screwed this up. Hold on. Could chop it. Hey, hey, it's Frank, Frank, hey, hey, it's Frank, Frank. You know what? I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it before the end of the episode. Don't, don't. Hey, it's too much. Hey, it's Frank, Franklin, Lynn. <laughs> juice, juice, lean. I like, I like, I like screw music. I don't love chopped music. Like if this is like overly chopped, I'm like, come on, man. Let's, let's just get to it. Yeah. So, um. McManus tells Arif that he needs to galvanize the Muslims. And Arif's like, nah, I was leader before. I don't want to do it never again. McManus is like, you know what? In times like this, you need to trust in Allah. <laughs> McManus. <laughs> McManus with bars, dog. <laughs> right? You need to trust in Allah. Look, man. Saeed was a good person. The Camp Town ladies sing this song. <laughs> Dude, uh. I want you, but I want you to, I want you to remember this scene. That's when the show was good. 
when they tried to can this shit to him and he was like, no, nah, dog, I don't uh, want this shit. But they voted him in anyway. Yep. Remember this. I want you to remember all of this. All right. For sure. Just you wait. Just you wait. Every time, man. It's it's, it's Hamilton. It, it happens. Um, you still never see Hamilton. It's such a good fucking show or such a good fucking play. They actually had it uh, out here in, in my area and I didn't know. And so I didn't get a chance to, they, you know, they do lottos, lotteries to actually get a chance to get a ticket Still? to see uh, Hamilton Steel. And yeah, so I know my boss went to New York to see that shit. Like he actually got in. Man, I, I want to see it. But at the same time, here's my biggest problem with seeing it is that um, hearing the musical, like hearing the, 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 the recorded soundtrack musical for so long seeing new people do it would just be like what the fuck that's the same thing that happened to me with rent um i listen to rent so much on on uh cd and and tape and everything that when i finally saw it because they had it live on fox or whatever and i watched it i was like this shit is horrible nah dog this is the same thing that's happening with wu-tang Yes. Have you been to you a know place what? You know what, Scar? Yes, I've been to a few plays. They're really, I love them. I've been to a uh, Tyler Perry play where they all came out and sang and shit. I couldn't do that. Yeah, Scar. <laughs> I couldn't do because what? usually if I watch it on DVD, I skip the singing. Scar, you're absolutely right. Nisha and I sat there and were like, this song does not fucking work. I think it was what, Method Man was rapping? Or the character who played Method Man was rapping? And we we're like, yeah, I see what Scar was saying. Like, yeah, they sound so much different, and you wanted to thump, because the last song that they did was Cash Rules, wasn't it? Or was I it think, Can It Be That It Was Also Simple? I think it was I think it was that. Yeah, it was Can It Be That It Was Also Simple, and it was not. You know, they, they did make Cream in the last couple of episodes, and it just didn't sound right. because It didn't not, sound right at all, because it, all the voices... It, no, it's not just the voices. Well, first of all, uh, Riz's voice does not sound like him at all. He talks like him. He has the same talking, the, the manner of speaking, but he doesn't sound like him at all. Um, but like d- when they when they do the songs, all of the sing songy bits are not there. Yeah. And like, I just it just don't it just don't feel right. It feels like bad karaoke to me. I, I feel you. I feel you. So. Um, the next thing that happens is that we find out that not all niggas are meant to be in telemarketing. And Poet's one of them. Poet also explains why you should never have an inmate working as a telemarketer. Yes. Hey, what you call me? You fuck you, you greasy old bitch. Hey, Poet. Oh, what you think? I don't know where 122 Wayne Street is? Think again, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> it's not funny to hear an inmate telling you that they'll roll up on your house like I, you don't think i know where you live right but yeah i laughed i can't even lie i laughed because i've been in a call center before where you just want to you want to scream at a at a at a customer i, I have one several. customer right several. Like you, you try the worst thing about working in the call center. I worked in the AT&T repair wireless repair center. One of the worst things about working in the call center is when they cuss you out and you hang up on their ass and they call back and they get you again. (laughs) 
No, I ain't never worked at them kind of call centers. Like I'm, I'm talking the call centers that I worked in, they just there's like hundreds of people. It's very yeah, no, no, we worked. There was our branch. There was an office in uh, Missouri, and there was an office in Juarez, Mexico. So for them to call back and get you again was like the worst luck. Yeah. And they'd immediately go in. I know your motherfucking voice. And you'd be like, I can't, you cussed. I ain't even going to cuss at you. I'm just going to talk real silently to you. And you're going to know that I want to cuss you out. Mm-hmm. But Redding that. fired him. And um, like, this is a real fucking job. Redding fired him. <laughs> and Poet got mad like, this is a real fucking job. <laughs> yes. But all the brothers follow Poet off the post. So... Poets or poets like, yeah, we can go work for a reef and still sell drugs on the side. And they got we'll pride. Good. You know what? They're easy at all these niggas in eyes with no morals get the easiest job in eyes and they blow it. You know why? I thought about this. It's because they, the easiest job is the one where you have to swallow your pride the most. And they can't swallow their pride and get yelled at by people. And so when people are yelling at them or hanging up on them or saying no to them, they can't handle it. Yeah. They're not thinking about this as, okay, I'm getting paid more doing this than I would getting, you know, working in the textiles or whatever it is. They're like, yo, I was getting paid hella and I had respect pushing weight. And now I'm here in this call center wearing basically an outfit that looks a lot like a suit getting yelled at by people that I can't reach out and touch. Reach out and touch someone. And also remember... Remember, a reef's job is paying the minimum wage. Mm-hmm. So they're like, we're going to go work for a reef. He'll give us respect and we'll be right there. And But they all showed up knocking on the door and a reef slammed the door and they faced was like, we need to pray. Let us pray. <laughs> Let us pray. Um. So then after that, I wouldn't see- be following Poet. He ain't the smartest nigga in the eyes. To his credit, Poet said, I don't want to lead. And he said the exact same thing a reef said. Mm-hmm. I've been there before. This shit don't work. He said, I don't want to lead. And so um, after that, we see that Stella and Pablo are getting along well, which is nice. Um, and Boots Mollis goes and sees Norma. And um, Norma tells him, the reason why I didn't come to the wedding is because I got stuck in a snowstorm. So then I went back home to the dude that I was actually dating. And we had sex, and Boots Mall was like, why the fuck are you telling me this? And she was like, because while I was having sex with him, I was thinking about you. Which sounds like something that a dude who gets caught cheating would say. Every time I was fucking them bitches, I was thinking about you. Because I love yeah. you, girl. Yeah, she said she said she got stuck, and she called him. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, oh, shit. You mm-hmm. called me? Mm-hmm. What's up? You know, I'm, I mean, I'll help you, but like, what's up? What's up on that thing, though? What's that mouth do? Let me get that DNA. Let me get that DNA. <laughs> so uh, then we find out that uh, Rebido wants to give all his love to Stella, but then she tells him that he has that she has breast cancer, and Rebido's like, "I'm out." Yeah, it's it's like that SpongeBob meme where he's like, "I right, then I'm out." <laughs> right. The moment she says cancer, he is like, no. "Two fingers." I just, and you I know, just went through. I just went through cancer. I'm not doing this. But way. the thing is. He doesn't explain to her about his grandson. He's just like, all right, I'm going to check out. Yep. All right, y'all, I'm going to head on out. Yep. <laughs> he peaced out like that dude on Atlanta <laughs> who just disappeared. 
ah, vanish. And she was looking at him like, it was it my breath? What was it? Um, Jazz is still crying. He sees 16 devils now. So Ray goes to talk to his lawyer and finds out that Jazz is fucking rich. The nigga went to Exeter and dropped out of Harvard. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, it's J- like it's trying to see if he's if if he's his real self. It's like, no, Jazz is not his real self. Jazz been jazz, crazy for a while. The, the jazz persona is not his real self. They were like, they were like, his name ain't Jazz, his real name is Clarence. <laughs> right? <laughs> Clarence lives at home with both parents. Like, who do you think been paying for me? Is this nigga one of those Duck Dynasty motherfuckers? You know what I mean? <laughs> like... Oh, gosh. So he gets off on the insanity plea, and now he's in a, a home for the criminally insane. Um, after that, we meet Joffrey Nima, uh, who was arrested on January 10, 2003, of kidnapping and assault. He was sentenced to seven years, but he's up for parole in three. Um... And we find we, did, that we the, didn't see the assault though. Like he picked, he all he did was pick he up. Picked his up his daughter. We seen that. We don't know what happened after that. Right. Um, they're still working on the play. They don't have anybody playing Macbeth. Um, and when Suzanne finds out that Joffrey is uh is uh is in Oz, she's like, I need to tell Ryan. And she's like, I just want to let you know. Basically, I just want to let you know that he put it on me dictually and made me walk away from my whole family and join the movement. Yeah. He gave her that back break. He gave her that back breaking black love and turned her life around. Harambe. Okay. <laughs> she got some action. Blah, 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 blah. Um, <laughs> like he gave her the llama, llama, lump. Like, you know uh, what I'm saying? Uh, he gave her what stinking ass Scott Ross's sister wanted from Saeed. You know what I mean? So Ryan goes to say hi to Joffrey, and Joffrey's like, get, get out of my cell, white boy. But then when Suzanne comes to see him, it's like, hello, white woman. <laughs> no, nah, you know what, what? The moment that he saw her, it was like, wow, 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 I've been really trying, <laughs> baby. Yo, it was like, and he tried he tried to talk to him. It's like, man, if you get the fuck away from me, don't get the fuck out of my face. And then he saw her and illustrate, like, I'm trying to do what to white women, <laughs> what white men been doing to us for 400 years. <laughs> then I saw her face. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. So Ryan is like, I don't like that at all. I, I don't like that. Matter of fact. Fuck it. Ryan's whole face at that point in time was this shit right here. And that's not right. That's not right. That's not right. Oh, fuck that shit. That was Martin Montgomery right there. Like, oh, <laughs> you know what? You're right. <laughs> Martin Montgomery? He's like, I tried to be nice to you. <laughs> I, I tried to be nice to you and you just pushed me off and you see my mom and you try and push it in. Everybody trying to get the DNA. Was um, that Mr. Spacely? Yes. Oh my God. Yes. What? So at the... Um, I mean, it fits. It does. They have the same voice. You don't, you don't think, you don't think it, it, they have the same voice, bro? It, 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 it's just funny. It, 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 yes. It, it, you know, it, it makes me smile inside. It makes me happy that, that Spacely gets a part in Oz. Nobody would have saw it coming except for Derek. Derek is ahead of his time. 
So you just spoke of yourself in the third person. Did I? I, I Derek does that sometimes. You got you got to give Derek a pass. Negro. Derek is okay. Negro. Negro. Stop. Negro. Negro. Um. But then after that, Pender's lawyer is suing the state because, um, you know, due to the fact that Carlos died, Pender's trying to get the Martinez family and Omar White to join in on the lawsuit. And um, X McManus is not happy at all with this. Um, but Omar wants to speak to Leo. And he says that if Leo lets him out of solitary... He will never speak a word about he, he won't sue with, with with Penders. He won't follow him into the lawsuit. And Leo's like, I got a better deal. I want you to never speak a word about this to anyone. And I'll let you back in the M city. And I'm like, is that a better deal? Is it though? Like on one hand, he's like, I'll do whatever you want. And on the other hand, you're like, um, just but don't he, tell anybody and I'll let you out, he, period. But he knows that getting back in the M city is what he really wants. Yeah, but I'm saying like he he it wasn't like he was um it, it, I don't know. It's like he gave you he offered you where I won't tell anybody, I won't be in this lawsuit and he's like, "You know what? I'll just let you out." Yeah. So, that's the problem I had. It was like on one hand, he's benefiting you. And you're like, "No, nah, I'll let you out. Just don't tell anybody I talked to you cuz like, you get on my nerves." That's what it felt like to me. Right. But yeah, I could be wrong. It happens a lot. Ask my wife. Um, he also tells him that if you speak a word of our conversation to anyone, you're going back into a tiny ass cell. And McManus like, what Fuck was the that lawsuit uh, uh, about the poisoning? The poisoning. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> Personally, I would have been in on the lawsuit because I need that money. Right. Like what? I. I mean, how long is Omar gonna be there though? I mean, Omar's stupid. Yeah. Omar's dumb, dumb. Like, he makes me mad how dumb he is. Um, <clears throat> let me see. McManus does not want Omar back. And Arif don't want Omar back either. So the Muslims are ignoring him as well as McManus. And that's when he finds out that Saeed died. Saeed died. <laughs> really? And then we find out that Carlos was suffocated. He didn't actually die of methylene. Um, Dr. Nathan is relieved that Carlos was murdered instead of him dying from toxicity. Leo's upset that they have another murder on their hands, and he accuses Brass of murdering Martinez. And I'm like, how hasn't anybody asked any questions about where Morales is at this point in time? It's right. been this whole time Morales got his, his Achilles tendons cut off and he just one day he just got picked up from Oz, went into solitary, and was never seen again. And ain't nobody asked questions about him up to this point. Nope. Um, Brass goes and he tells, or Leo tells Brass that he's the prime suspect now. And Brass is like, I'm worried about this shit. He tells Murphy. Um, that I'm 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 so innocent. I'm so innocent that it hurts, man. And Murphy's like, so what are you worried about? And Brass like I, I did lie. I lied when I said that Morales that 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 
Carlos told me about Morales. And Murphy's like, you son of a bitch. We got to do the right thing. And they fight. So innocent it hurts. And what are you worried about? Take the fucking lie detector test. I can't. Why? Because I did lie. I don't understand. I lied about Martinez blaming Morales. What? I didn't even see Martinez the night he died. Oh, Jesus, Dave. You and I both know that Morales is guilty. I simply took Martinez's death as an opportunity to nail that motherfucker. So what we did, get Morales in solitary, cutting him up, was totally justified. No, because we had no proof. Don't get all righteous with me, you bastard. It was my leg that got cut, my life that got fucked. All right, you got to go tell Glenn the truth, all right? Because we got to get Morales out of solitary. No. All right, if you don't, I will. Fuck that. I would have fought him too, first of all, but like Scar said, he should have just, you know, left. Yep. You Martinez is dead. Morales got his legs cut. Quit. Really? It's really that simple. One, two, three. But it doesn't happen. They go and they get Morales out of solitary. Uh, he's in a wheelchair, obviously. Um, the nurse comes back because Dr. Nathan gave her a job back and apologized to her for firing her. I'm shocked, I'm shocked she didn't sue her for wrongful termination. Was it wrongful? Yeah, because she didn't. he didn't die from that. She I sued, thought the show was trying to say the nurse killed him. But she didn't. He was suffocated. By the nurse. Well, we know later on that the nurse comes over to Morales and she's like, yeah, that Carlos is a horrible man. And now Morales is looking at his cup like she poisoned oh, a it. A nasty man. A nasty man. A nasty, nasty man. Yeah. She, she's, and he's looking at the cup like she either poisoned it or spitting it. He deserved to die. But, you know, do we know for sure? No. Did Dr. Nathan know for sure? No. She knew something was up. <laughs> uh, we find out after that, Chico comes to talk to Morales, and Morales calls him a Judas and tells him to get the fuck away from him. And we find out that Maritza sold Miguel's car. She said the car was the cause of all of her grief. And Miguel feels like she's cheating on him with someone else. And his boy, Ronaldo, who came to see him, tells him that, well, yeah, I'm the one who's fucking her. So you're right. And Miguel calls him a pejorative and walks away. But he also feels better knowing that she's gone. Uh, he's proud that he didn't beat up Ronaldo, and then he burns up her picture. Uh, next thing that happens after that is that Wolfgang is in the gym working out, and he finishes, and he tells Robson, we're finished. <laughs> Go get me a towel. The yeah, Italians, we, we, we done. We both done. We both, we, we pregnant. We leaving. We pregnant. Um, did you ever say that, Scar? What? We pregnant? No. I never said that. I, I'm trying to think if I if I said it ever, like once or I think I may have. I, I just feel in hindsight like that's such a horrible thing to say because I'm not pregnant. Exactly. I'm just there in support. I don't feel any of the pain. Like all the weight the men gain where they're like, it's sympathy pounds. No, the fuck it ain't. She ate and you wanted to eat too. But the difference is 
she had like eight pounds inside of her and you just ate. See what I did? There? I think it's nice. I think it's nice to eat and gain weight together. Yeah, but we don't lose it. <laughs> we just keep it on and then talk about how they let themselves go. I got a dad bod now. Um, the That's Italians, an excellent point. <laughs> the Italians tell uh, Robson to kill Wolfgang and it'll make him a lot of friends in the kitchen, which is a win-win, which is funny because he got into this whole situation because he wanted protection from the Italians. <laughs> And so uh, Wolfgang is fucking Robson with the stocking over his face like a fucking robber. <laughs> you won't take from me? I'm going to take from you. <laughs> and then after he yeah, gets this done... This was very intense. And then after he gets done, he fucking kidney punches him. When he punches him, you can see that clearly he had already been bruised. So, like, you had already done this. Like, right? He kidney punched her for no fucking reason. None at all. <laughs> and Robson is like, we should try BCP, which is called breath, which is breath control play. Um, that reminds me, this episode does have one of the best lines in the history of this show coming up. Well, be sure to tell me where it is so I can get the sound bite. Um, but, um, it's where you make a noose and you, oh, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, that was. Yep. Um, they got bill like this, dog. And you put it around your neck and then you hang yourself lightly and all the blood from your head rushes to your dick. And then Robson will blow him. And when Wolfgang comes, it's like God himself is swallowing. Wolfgang's dumb as fuck. If the guy that I am forcing to have sex with me tells me to put a noose around my neck and hang myself a little bit, Nah, fuck you. I'm going to punch you in your kidneys again. You don't know what his kink is. Apparently, that's his kink. I'm going to punch you in your kidney for bringing up that I hang myself, though. Just GP. I might like it, but I'm going to still punch you in the kidney. But, Rob, but Robson confesses to Sister Pete that Wolfgang is sexually assaulting him, and, she, and he goes further into uh, his father, uh, sexually assaulting him and he tells sister pete that she should go have a session with wolfgang when wolfgang when sister pete goes to talk to wolfgang she gets brushed off basically and then um robson hangs him hangs wolfgang and wakes up the next morning and he's like hey i guess i forgot to you know untie you oops you're dead we need help and the black cl comes and says ain't that a kick one of y'all went and lynched yourselves. That was remember, the best part. Remember that guy. Um, and that's the end of the episode. So yeah, that's I one think of the best parts. Uh, I love that part. I love that part. I I just I I appreciate the who matter of fact, Brandon, who won this episode? Um Robson. Yeah, I believe so. I believe so. I believe that was Robson's version of saying, I have balls. I have balls. <laughs> I have balls. I have balls. I think Robson won. What you think, Scar? Yeah. And in the first episode, um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. 
I don't remember. I don't remember. Um, I'm probably going to say that it was Reba, though, because he got to get his flirt on and felt alive again, and she was flirting back, so it showed him he still had game. Yeah, and then but he then dropped he her like third grade. But I was going to say, and then he dropped her like third period French. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I just hope they get to, to really get to talk about that. About what? About why he walked away from her. Like, I really hope they get really. They will, because they're going to actually get a relationship. They're going to, there's no way that they wouldn't let them form a relationship. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that would just be disappointing on so many counts if he just walked away from her and that was it. Like, no. No way. Rebido's a man of principle. Right? He always has conviction. been. He always has been. Um, we did get a voicemail. So let's go ahead and get that checked out. Hold on one second. Hi, this is Christy calling from Seattle. Can y'all hear that? Yeah. All right, good. Um, wanted to leave a voicemail about the Return to Oswald podcast. Uh, first off, two very enthusiastic thumbs up. It's one of my favorite podcasts. Um, there's just a few things I want to say. <laughs> I'll try not to make this too long. Uh, first, I'm going to need y'all to just stop just go, stop going so hard in on my show, man. <laughs> stop making me think so much about it. <laughs> you got to remember that Oz was the first hour-long uh, drama on HBO. So Oz walked so shows like The Wire and The Sopranos could run. You know what I'm saying? And honestly, I think if you guys just thought about Oz, like a soap opera set in prison, you'd enjoy it much more. Because you got to admit, the melodrama is top tier. Second, I'm going to need y'all to stop calling the song Camptown Ladies because the name of the song is actually Camptown Racist. <laughs> it's not the Camptown Ladies? Uh, third. Um, Camptown Ladies? When you guys were t- I was just listening to the episode Orpheus Descending when you were talking about banjo eyes. And that term does have a racist overtone because it refers specifically to Eddie Cantor, who's an uh, entertainer from the earliest, earlier part of the 20th century who performed in blackface. Um, and they called him Banjo Eyes. Um, also, um, I've met some of the members from the, the, the cast of Oz. Um, and I hate to burst your bubble, but Lee Turgeson, who played, uh, Beecher, was kind of on the mean side. He was kind of an asshole, and it broke my heart. Oh, no. Because he was my favorite character on the show. Uh, but on the other hand, um, the actors who played, uh, Alvarez, Kirk Acevedo, um, Saeed, Edmund Walker, um, O'Reilly, Dean Winters, they were very nice. I can see that. Um, also, too, Ernie Hudson, who played the warden, wouldn't even look up <laughs> when he was signing people's books. He would just sign the book and pass it on, so he was kind of a douche, too. Um, mm. But it was at a book signing um, at Barnes & Noble at the Grove when they released the book to coincide with the uh, end of the show. Okay. Um, so, but, again, I mean, I guess I'm just... <laughs> I guess I'm just a little sad because it's really making me think, like, dang, you know, maybe the writing ain't so crispy like I used to think it was, but it's still my favorite show. 
it was the first show that really made me feel something, and it's just it's a, it's an it gives you an intense experience, I guess. But I do appreciate the conversations, the spirited conversations, and I feel <laughs> I feel relieved that me and my friends. And that's where it stopped. I oh. just want to say, first of all, thank you so much for calling. We always Absolutely. say that before we uh, light people to fuck up. So no, here's no, the wait, thing. No, wait, 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 wait. I want to say this. Ernie Hudson got every right to be surly. Nigga. Every fucking right to be surly. My nigga was a ghostbuster that no one ever fucking thinks about. Brandon. Like, my, my nigga was a ghostbuster. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and nobody ever thinks of, when you think of the ghostbusters, he's the last person you think about. It's like, nigga, I was here. I was right here. Brandon. Actually, he wasn't right there. That's why nobody thinks about him. Don't be that person. <laughs> Not right now. Don't be that person. That nigga was nowhere to be found. I'm not lying. I'm just saying. He here's the thing: if every person who came into the um, <laughs> if every person who came to the book signing, if I'm him and every person who came to the book signing wanted me to say a line, or they would look at me and say, "Don't fuck with Querns," I wouldn't look up either. You know what I mean? Because you know that shit happened. You know nobody liked Leo. So they all were saying shit to him like, hey, where's Floria? Where's Future? So I'm like, <laughs> I, I'm not looking up either. But Lee Turgenton, that one hurts. Yeah. That hurts bad. Like, I thought. Because I, really I even liked I even liked him and his crazy ass on fucking, um, on uh, 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 the TV show. He was on the TV version of Weird Science. Yes, he was. Uh, he was. He was the brother, right? He was Chet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but he was also in The Purge. There we go. He was in the first season of The Purge. My dad said, "Yeah, nigga." <laughs> so yeah, I, that really does hurt because he, you know, he's the he's, as in, in my opinion, uh, Oz is mostly about Beecher and his journey. You know, but I would be mad too if. I know that I didn't get any job prospects after that. I ain't seen the nigga since. You said he was in the purge. That's cool. I ain't seen him in nothing big. Um, and yeah, this was the first hour long show other than because the ones before this were 30 minutes, the dream ons and Arliss's and all that kind of stuff. Yes. That doesn't give them an excuse. They should have worked harder. The first four seasons were fucking great. And then they just jump kicked off a cliff. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm looking at he's had a lot. He's been a lot of TV shows since. But like most of these TV shows have been canceled real early. And um, let me see. I'm trying to think what else she uh, dropped. She dropped some jewels, like some inside baseball stuff that I don't remember what she said. But because she said it. I just wanted to make sure we played that. Just, okay, so I, previous to this show starting, I was in the same boat as her. Like, I looked at, I looked back at, at this show fondly. But, like, now, like, when it's been, like, years since I watched this, I can't just let this shit ride. I just can't. Right. I can't just let this shit ride. This shit does not, It you know, it's the writing staff just decided you know what? 
fuck it. And that's pretty much what the last few seasons have been. Pretty much. I mean, I'm I just feel like it could have been better. Yes. And they didn't want it to be. They wanted to get in and get out. And so we're going to make fun of it, but I we by and large, I appreciate the opportunity it gave me to hang out with my boys. Yes, absolutely. And um, somebody said on Twitter, because we were talking about the greatest sound bites, and somebody popped up and said, every time Adam Beatsy said McManus's name, and I was like, I'm going to have to go back and look, because I don't remember Adam Beatsy, how he sounded when he said McManus's name. But we Beach are going to do it. Hmm? Beach was in Daredevil. He was in two episodes of Daredevil. I don't remember him in that either. Me neither. Um, he, played, he played in a few episodes of Power. Uh, I haven't gotten there yet if he's in it because I ain't seen him in that either. In, in, uh, one episode in in 16 and two episodes in 17. Yeah, nope. So um, thank y'all so much for listening. Brandon's on Twitter at that cool black nerd. Scar's on Twitter at Scarfinger. I'm Rashani. And the show is Return to Oswald. We've already told y'all the next show we're going to be doing is Orphan Black. Um, um, did you uh, did you 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 never read the second um email? I thought I did. This, not the second one. You read the first one. Okay, hold on one you second. Went, you went back after we got past the spoilers, but the the national treasure, international treasure email you didn't read. Uh, okay, talk amongst yourselves, and I will find it because and, um we we've been actually conversing. She actually went to the website, and um. And we have been talking uh, about art and she went to the website um, um, and we talked about like candle making and stuff like that. And um, so we've, we've had conversations, um, you know, kind of behind the scenes and that's been really cool. And, and she, follow, she followed me on Instagram. Good. And um, also her podcast, uh, Dr. Ranch, uh, DR space ANJ is available on Spotify. Um, I do want y'all to check that out. It's Dr. Angie's mental health, um, mental health hour, I believe. Uh, she said it comes out every fortnight. Whenever people say fortnight to me, I immediately start thinking about dances that get stolen by white people. So yep. I can't tell you what time frame that actually is. So the email from Andrea that we couldn't read earlier says, great show tonight, uh, Derek, Scar, and Brandon. Uh, totally agree The B.D. Wong is a treasure. His acting on Mr. Robot is phenomenal. And his role in Oz is so layered, it adds depth to a character that could have been easily flat instead of nuanced. Uh, Brandon's comments on Saeed's self-righteousness against Omar being the same as woke folks trying to cancel someone out, then getting called out on the same issue was very insightful. Saeed forgets where he has come from because he's so full of who he is now. A lot more humility and compassion for Omar will go a long way, even if Omar is annoying. I was really impressed with the conversation the three of you had on how rape is portrayed on the show. I agree that Oz failed to take a strong stand on the issue, and Leon's attitude was problematic. But what really struck me was that it's the first time I've ever heard guys talk about rape and the media's portrayal of the issue and how that portrays younger male viewers. I've heard women talk about this a lot, but never guys. So you, big up. You said how it portrays, how it impacts young male viewers. How, it, how that impacts younger male viewers, yeah. What really struck me was that it's the first time I ever heard guys talk about rape and the media's portrayal of the issue and how that impacts younger male viewers. Sorry. 
typo. Well, me, I fucked up. I've heard women talk about this a lot, but never guys. Big it up, guys, for your awareness and willingness to see rape in the media from lots of different angles. There was a comment that Oz couldn't be shown today the same way as it was that it was released, but I say Orange is the New Black is kind of like an updated version of Oz. There isn't the same kind level of violence as Oz because it's set in a women's prison, but they do attempt to show life in prison and the corruption of the hacks, as well as comment on social justice issues in relation to the prisoners and how they end up in prison. Maybe I'm reading it too much in the Orange is the New Black, and I agree because fuck that show with the rusty hanger. Yes, yes. I mean, because... And, uh, in in Orange is the New Black, with Piper being the main character and the worst character in the fucking mm-hmm. show, I, I'm, I wouldn't compare these. Yep, but I would compare Oz to Wentworth, which we'll get to soon, eventually. I promise okay. you. We'll I've, get to I've heard I've heard good things. It's greatness. So happy that Jericho got introduced. I really think that he and Cyril should have their own spinoff show. Maybe that could be the narrators in the Oz remake series. LOL. You skip. Um, you skip the, the previous paragraph. Really fine, Scar. Really good pickup by Scar. The Sister Pete song was the same as the last song on the talent show. Also, the fact that you all saw connections in the plot to the music. I missed all that and just thought it was funny. I just wanted to say that because it said something about me. I know. I know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. I feel you. Thank y'all so much for listening. This is me again, Derek. But thank y'all so much for listening. We do greatly appreciate each and every one of y'all. Y'all be good. We're going to hot you later. Peace. Peace out. Simulcast. Don't know by now that you slipped.